There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to season three of Law Talks. For this first episode, we decided to share our perspective as current law students and what we have learned so far. During the progress of this podcast, we have had further legal opportunities and experience which we hope to share today. We would like to thank all our previous volunteer guests, who without we would not be able to continually produce episodes. The support we have received from legal professionals is a reflection of the growing accessibility of the legal profession for those wishing to pursue a career. Can you please tell me where you're currently at with your legal career? Yeah, so I'm really at the very early stages. Um, Slightly unusually, but it's becoming way more common. I did a undergrad um, in a different subject and my subject was biomedical science. So when people tell you that you can come into law from any other different area, they're completely correct. Um, And people don't seem to find it that strange what I've done. What is quite different is that I uh, decided that I wanted to originally apply for the two-year law conversion. So it's essentially got a lot of different names, which can be confusing. Some people call it accelerated law. Other people uh, call it senior status law. But essentially, it's very similar. You apply through UCAS, but you usually just say that you're starting in year two. As always, though, um, plans change. And while I did apply to a lot of these... I also just applied to some um, straight three-year undergraduate law and I've ended up studying that at the University of Oxford. So I've just started um, and my actual degree is called jurisprudence, which is essentially like the theory of law. So this is kind of a traditional law degree. So it is a kind of longer route than others may take, Um, but it's really interesting and you get the kind of opportunity to do a large range of different um, law topics. So particularly for someone who's really interested in the kind of academics behind law, I'd really recommend this. Katie, however, you've kind of gone down a different route and do you want to explain? Yeah, of course. So I'm currently doing the postgraduate diploma of law, which is essentially the one year conversion course. And then next year I'll be doing 
a master's of law, which just encompasses the SQE exams, which is the solicitor's qualifying exams for those that don't know. And you have to do those in order to train as a solicitor. So I'm currently in my first year of what's essentially a two-year conversion. Um, I did an undergrad in non-law. I did history, politics, economics. Uh, so that you have to have done an undergrad to then be able to go on and do the conversion. So yes, very much relate to the whole, you don't have to, you can go from a completely different subject to law. Obviously mine's a bit more related than yours. I bet you get <laughs> sick of people asking you, how have you gone from biomed to law? <laughs> but yeah, you really can do anything. And a lot of people on my course have come from the most random things. There's a girl in my class that did theater studies. So it's really cool to see people going from that mm -hmm. and then into law. And very different to uh, you, I think we've talked about this before. Obviously you kind of get to go into quite a lot of depth in the subjects given like the time you've got, which is fantastic, especially when you're really interested in it. As I would say for those doing the PGDL, it's very, very fast. So you don't quite get to really like explore topics and not to sound really nerdy, but I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably <laughs> quite into law. <laughs> probably quite into law, but that can be like a bit of a shame mm -hmm. because there might be a really, really interesting topic, and you'll only touch on it really briefly. Um, so there's pros and cons. You get through it a lot faster, which is great. Start working earlier, but there's the like lack of in-depth analysis. And for example, we don't study sexual offences this year, which, although a horrible topic, something I'm quite interested in. Mm -hmm as you'll get to study that. I don't know if you're doing that at the moment already. So it's like that just sums up the difference quite well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's kind of a large part we wanted to talk about today is how we chose and why we chose these different routes. Um, so for me, it definitely was kind of a reasonably last minute decision between the sort of two year, three year. Um, and it was kind of just depends on, I had different options from different universities and that was sort of my selection process. Um, so one thing that we really thought would be important to highlight, because actually uh, it's quite a difficult area to research about law, is how that kind of process of applying works. I won't go sort of into the really nitty gritty details, but you do have that flexibility to, in the year you're applying, change what kind of conversion or law degree you want to do. Because the two-year accelerated law and the three-year undergraduate law is through UCAS. And anyone that's listening that's already a uni student will understand that process starts very early in sort of August, the year before you want to start. The GDL, however, you can apply very close to starting. So you could have your whole UCAS application sort of during that year. And then in the summer, you know, potentially maybe you didn't get the offers you wanted or you changed your mind, you rejected your offers, you could still apply for the GDL. So that was kind of my mindset going in because I wasn't 100% sure. Once I was all kind of caught up in... <laughs> the law application, I'd done the LNAT and um, I got really excited about the law degree I was going to study. I then didn't change to the DDL, but it is an option and it's a really great one That's if you want to, you can really keep your options open. And also speaking of the LNAT, so just to clarify, if you're doing the GDL or PGDL, whatever you want to call it, you don't have to sit the LNAT, which is a huge thing for some people who might see that as a big barrier into law because some people just hate those kinds of assessments. So that's another thing to note. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, so I sat down that. It wasn't something I was looking forward to, but it's definitely kind of practice makes perfect. 
we definitely we talk about quite a lot how we've obviously had the podcast when we were both studying non-law degrees so yeah it's never too early to kind of start but we've definitely talked about how our perspectives has really changed now that we are studying kind of material related to the law in a more kind of academic sense and not just as like a side interest that we had and Katie's completely right the sort of speed that you do things changes so for me for the next three years I do about sort of two legal modules or topics a term so it does involve a lot of breadth and depth and it's an incredibly sort of reading based course it's less practical than um, I think probably the quicker courses are because it's about kind of getting that it's like almost like you have a lot of time questioning the law as well as just studying it that can be for people or not for people it doesn't have any real reflection on what sort of lawyer you are it just kind of depends how you want to get there and so that's something I definitely kind of consider but both have both options we've definitely discovered have sort of great opportunities to get involved with Mm -hmm. yeah massively and I think with the the GDL it's kind of like for me this sounds bad but it's just quite like a tick box exercise Mm -hmm. like I have my job lined up which is amazing and this is just something that like I have to do when you're kind of applying to a law degree and you're thinking about the different things people are always really interested in what kind of a week looks like for a law student and there's lots of different kind of youtubers and things that present their life but we thought particularly as our life kind of changed significantly now we've started studying law we kind of give you like a brief overview of essentially what a week in the life for us looks like nice okay so i do four modules um a term so an average week i've got four different modules that i have to go to a seminar on and it's very strange the way they do it so in terms of the content it's very much you go and prepare the work you read x amount of pages you then go to the seminar discuss it for two hours and then you go away and consolidate Mm -hmm. so in terms of my timetable that actually leaves it quite free because I have four two-hour sessions in a week which isn't a huge amount like some people would expect Mm -hmm. it's like nine to five of lectures and seminars it's not like that at all it's very much independent work and then go and discuss so in terms of the uni side of things, I do that Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'll try and like meet up with course people, grab a coffee, mm-hmm. try and get through those readings together because it can be a lot, as you know. Definitely. Then Thursdays and Fridays, I work part-time for an HR consultancy company called Cogency, mm-hmm. which we had an episode with Ben Jackson uh, in season two, uh, what we talked about, the kind of work that Cogency does. So that's very, um, it's quite intense studying and doing that, but I really like the switch in terms of, it's quite jarring just reading from a textbook 24 seven. So it's actually like works quite well. And then I also have recently started pole fitness and boxing. So those are my two sort of like sporting activities Mm -hmm. um I say that like I'm a professional boxer and pole dancer (laughs) I'm not like I'm very not great at both of those yet but that's been really good to start because I think it can be very easy to like not make time for stuff like that Mm -hmm. when things are quite busy so that's been super good um yeah and then obviously try and do some fun stuff as well 
Um, normally though, I don't know if you have this, mm-hmm. sometimes when I've had a full day at uni, I'm so tired and then I'm like, I can't be bothered to go out. But okay. I've started to try and like, my new year's resolution is to try and say yes to more things and just like go to stuff. Because as soon as I've left the house, I go and love it, but it gets like 7 p.m. And it's dark at 4 p.m. And I'm like, Mm. I don't want to leave. But I've started to go try and go to a few more stuff, even if I'm tired. And that's also been really good. So I don't know if that's what people would expect a week to look like. I mean, pole dancing and boxing and I mean, probably not expected. But yeah. What about you? Yeah, well, they that's the thing. They can be so different. And no, I, I completely understand saying yes to things. It can be um it can be really difficult. I, I definitely went through a stage of trying to like trying to be like a yes woman and just say yes to everything. But obviously, you know, sometimes you're going to be super tired. What my big thing would I say kind of reflecting wise is how much my life has changed since kind of October. It's been a massive shift. And uh, I mean, I don't want to throw out too much advice because I'm still really young and I'm not sure how much life experience I have. But um. I would say particularly like if you're switching, you're changing from a different degree, like don't be afraid of that change. You know, last year I was living kind of independently with friends in Birmingham, studying a science degree, which kind of requires quite a lot of face to face and very little extra reading, if I do say not to, you know, nothing wrong with that. But um, and now I live in college. So I'm actually kind of in the base of university, which I haven't done since I was 18 it's a very different experience because every the building that I live in, everyone's over 21. It doesn't feel like I'm regressing, but it is a very big change. And kind of the way the university I attend is kind of built up is like everything is part of univers- of the university. So we have very different lives as you have this whole separate life that's not necessarily linked to you like studying law. Whereas mine is kind of all intercalated in a certain way. And it's something I very much had to reflect on before I started. This is not negative about it. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, so I essentially live in the college in which I have my tutorials um, and my teaching. And it's also catered, which I've always loved to cook, but actually has been great this year, particularly with the kind of increasing, increasing workload. My week, again, it's very flexible, kind of. I mean, anyone that goes to uni will discover the big difference that school is no one is going to chase you for not doing something. My law degree, because it's smaller numbers now, there's definitely more, they'd notice if you weren't there. When there's only like two people <laughs> in a class, they're going to notice. You know, there's there's not this mad chase that you tend to get kind of in a younger academic environment. So I'm about half of your module. So I, I have two, which I previously said. So essentially I get two reading lists a week. Very dense, you know, the, the main kind of advice is you can't finish the reading list. And I do think, uh, yeah, you have to be realistic and, and have that life. And I essentially do readings. A lot of it, I particularly really enjoy criminal law. I won't kind of get too kind of technical down the thing, but it's a lot of that. It's like case reading and looking at kind of um, the law compared to how it's actually interpreted in specific case by cases. Because as you can imagine, in the wide scope of kind of criminality, no one person acts the exact same in a case. You can't perfectly, it's not like, fitting a shoe to a foot it's like always a little bit different mm-hmm. like that's a really weird analogy I use no, no, but um so I really really enjoy that and uh that's very problem question based so um yeah that kind of problem solving I suppose is actually related a little bit to science but no I don't want to shy away from it's incredibly essay based learning it means it's a lot of kind of like yeah it's a lot of questioning the subject matter and things like that so I would say a lot of the work it's um something you have to engage with a lot more than previously I've had to do you have to really understand and like know what you're arguing yeah instead of potentially like following it's so different to an 
law is so different to any other subject mm-hmm. i think like yeah. it just is and i'm not saying i'm not saying it's harder it's just different it's just different yeah it's yeah, just yeah, different. yeah and the, the learning is is uh very different so yeah so i essentially spend a lot of my time if i'm completely honest like in the library you know mm. i wake up i work in the library it's fairly solo work is something that i, w- I would say like mm. might be different and i don't know if people are aware of that with the law degree you know it's not as collaborative is it's it? not yeah i mean i have <laughs> i have a lot of friends on my course but there's not a huge amount of benefit from collaborating massively no. because if you can't understand it on your own you're going to be yeah. in trouble yeah yeah when it comes to actual massively. Kind of assessments so that's a large part of my degree. And because of the college based, I get a lot of my sort of social time from mm-hmm. from that. Again, I have kind of exercise extracurriculars because I just think you go crazy if not. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I, I thought I'd mention because particularly technically I'm a first year law student and, and people definitely feel that there's really limited op- work experience opportunities if you're not, uh, particularly as I want to go down the barrister route, if you're not further on in your law degree because um, many people just tend to only be offered to second year and above people in their penultimate year before they're going to study the kind of barrister route Mm -hmm. and I want to kind of slightly debunk that myth they're definitely not easy to come by and they tend to not be through kind of almost the like formalized routes but that doesn't mean you can't get any so um, I thought I'd sort of like go on a little little digest here no I mean I think it's good I mean Mm -hmm. what I would say is a big thing is look at different places that you're interested in working or just like getting experience of Uh, And you might not qualify for their formal kind of work experience, but I've gained kind of like different opportunities just by going on then individual people on that page, looking at kind of their CV, looking if they say anything about work experience, because as you've probably seen from some of our guests, some of them are super keen Mm -hmm. to like help people and just sending them an email and and using the word shadowing Mm. is like a big thing if you're being a barrister, because that means they know you're not looking for official assessed work experience. Mm -hmm. You're literally going to you know as it says yeah Yeah. you're going to follow them around and learn and then they will most likely particularly if they agree to it will really engage with you uh, and you'll get a really really good viewpoint so yeah so that's kind of my quite sort of long-winded actually description I was going to say for the solicitor route as well obviously by the very nature of them being firms especially if we're talking about magic circle silver circle city firms Mm -hmm. they're not there's not really an option to go in and casually shadow Mm -hmm a partner a, a magic circle firm but that doesn't mean there aren't like more casual events you can do so a lot of the firms do open days which is like a one day maybe even an afternoon mm-hmm. go to a tw- it's basically a mixture of talks maybe they'll get you to do like a little practice exercise to see what it would be like if you were a trainee solicitor there but those I think are very often overlooked and people are like oh well I want to get a vacation scheme or a training contract Mm -hmm. I'm not going to waste my time applying for these open days because you do have to apply for them but they're much easier to get onto so many opportunities can come from them like I swear the only way I got my training contract was through an open day and things like that so I think there's a bit of a misconception in that sense that oh open days aren't anything important but I think they're really really important um And another thing as well, for solicitors, if you do manage to secure a vacation scheme, um, sometimes people have really set ideas on what seats they want to go into. So, or or it'll be the opposite and they don't have a clue at all. And they're like, I'm happy to do whatever. But there's been certain people that I really, really hope, like I'm applying to this firm because I really think I'm interested in tax. Or, I mean, actually I've never heard someone say they're interested in tax, but you get the idea. But when I did... um, a vacation scheme I sat in 
financial institutions authority and financial regulation. Sounding like one of those finance bros now. <laughs> um, but I was terrified because I knew nothing about finance and I was like, I'm gonna hate it, it's gonna be awful. And then it turned out it was just really research-based and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So I also think for so like potential solicitors looking at work experience, don't put yourself into a box of what you think you might enjoy or or whatnot because you could be really surprised by it. Mm -hmm. So that's my like work experience advice part. Yeah, honestly, I could only reiterate that for, I think it would apply to barristers really? as well. Yeah, because, so they do have open days, which I also would really recommend, mainly because they, the open day for barristers, I'm really similar, they just really specifically describe the application process, when they expect you to apply. So I went to one in like September and I was sitting there learning a lot, but also being like, they're telling me it's too early, basically. So it's really helpful. And also, I think you get a more realistic view because the same as uh, with solicitors, you know, you can look at different chambers uh, if you want to be a barrister. And just to say, I feel like I should stress this, you know, you finish the, your law conversion, your law degree, you then have a year um, essentially studying the bar, the uh, barrister training course. And um, then you hope to, to have a pupillage, which you do for a year. They really don't take many people on pupillage. A lot of firms, it's like two people or something. I have chambers that I'm really interested in. They're based in London and I think that the legal work they do is something I'd be really, really, really passionate about. But it's probably heading for setting myself up for trouble and just making my life a lot more difficult if I kind of fell in love uh, with this idea of like these two chambers and I was determined to go to those. Because um, just statistically, it's very unlikely I would be getting kind of the ones that I'd be aiming for in that way. You need to have uh, while maintaining kind of an interest or your patterns you need to have like a wide view of uh, different places you can go to and that's why I'd, uh, you know definitely as you were saying you know don't you know dream it's like it, yeah it's like you shouldn't dream for like one university because yeah. it's really kind of selling yourself short almost basically the moral of this episode don't dream big <laughs> yeah yeah be um, oh my gosh be ambitious 100 percent. that is what i will always say but um be ambitious in a way that you're not going to have a fail, which everyone will do, mm. and then have no other options. Mm -hmm. You always want to be able to kind of, um, yeah, have other routes. And actually, such a similar experience to Katie. I have done a mini pupillage, which I'm so grateful for, because uh, I did it when I was studying biomed, and I was, yeah, uh, just so grateful to be offered that opportunity by um, Landmark Chambers, which is a really successful chambers in London. But the mini pupillage was in property law, which was something that I had never really considered before. I still haven't even studied it. But it was really fascinating. And, you know, I always thought I'm, if I had to describe myself, I'm interested in kind of like human rights, international law. But the work experience and the opportunities they presented me was so invaluable um, and just helped me kind of push me further along with my legal work experience. And Massively. yeah, so it's, it's always really helpful. And I also think for those people that haven't got a VAC scheme this year or haven't got a mini pupillage and are just feeling the burden of rejection that is law look at things that are non-law but related so like say you're interested in human rights has the human rights watch got any internships coming up this summer or is there any like paralegal work that you can take on or is there just something where you can build transferable skills things like that I think those are the kind of things that when you write applications for your mini pupillage or your back scheme mm -hmm. that's 
what's going to make you good and stand out. So don't limit yourself to purely a law firm mm -hmm. or a chambers when you can get legal work in other capacities. Completely agree. And um, also that because the difference between studying and working in the law in a particular subject is so different. I, I mean, I don't want to make a sweeping statement, but just because you do something a lot in like criminal law, that doesn't mean that you're going to do work experience and understand like the criminal barristers or the like. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. So I, no offense to the University of Law, but I really hate criminal law studying it. I do not enjoy it. Mm. Nothing to do with the teaching. My teacher is fantastic. She was a brilliant barrister who's now moved into teaching. So incredible, mm -hmm. captivating, so smart, helpful. I hate studying it still. Yet I do some ad hoc work for mm -hmm. a KC doing legal research. Obviously he's a criminal barrister and I love that work. So like I literally hate studying it and the tiny pockets of work I've done in it I've loved. So it just shows it's very different studying yeah. to practicing. Completely agreed. So those like transferable skills are what matters. Like I always read things and I actually do think it's so true uh, on like legal advice sites that have like having a job that's shown that you've like, that, that you've kind of been committed to for a number of years is so invaluable. Yeah. And because actually, particularly when you're studying, it's really hard to, mm -hmm. I talk, I tutor and things like that. It's really hard to kind of, maintain but I actually think it's it's not it shouldn't be like the first thing that goes when you're trying to like pursue a legal career yeah massively it just shows your dedication which yeah it takes a long time to get to the point where you can call yourself like a fully qualified lawyer yeah Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.